Welcome to the Spirit is Lit podcast, a spirit-centered podcast. Join us each week for a conversation on faith, current events, and everything in between. Welcome, y'all, to the first episode of the Spirit is Lit podcast. My name is Jacob DeRussia. I am the young adult and co-coordinator of youth ministry here at St. Patrick's. Um, And the Spirit is Lit podcast, really, we're thinking... um, we really just want to sit down and have conversations uh, about matters of faith, things that are going on in the world. So, and when I say we, I mean not just me. I, we have two co-hosts along with us on this on this journey with you and I and our millions and millions of listeners. <clears throat> so first of all, I want to introduce you to, and we're going to dive deep into the story and journey of Emmy Stevens. So I've known Emmy for a year now. She does a lot of, um, she's very involved uh, at St. Patrick's from being a part of the uh, the liturgy team in terms of the choir and singing, as well as life team, as well as the young adult uh, ministry. So let's just go ahead and get this get this interview started and let's get to know Emmy. Um, so, so Emmy, first of all, tell us, uh, who is Emmy? Who, who is Emmy? All right. Like, I like that we're starting off really light. And not not you know in depth at all. Um, so Emmy is a tw- I, I want to say mid twenties, but I can't say mid twenties anymore. I have to say late twenties. It's very sad. Um, I late twenties, um, fierce Catholic, who is extremely passionate about um, creativity and um, inspiring the inner child. Um, within adults too. So kind of with that, I worked at, um, I work at State Farm on their corporate level right now. Um, but before that, I worked as a traveling nanny. And that was great because I was able to to see that, that childlike wonder in so many different kids and everything. But then I was able to also kind of see these parents too that are, you know, impressive leaders in their own right. A lot of them own their own businesses and we're involved in a global community um, and we're just very, very influential, wonderful people, but I got to see the inner child in them. And what was cool about that was, was they would always go to places or they, we would go to places that they wanted to be. So being with people where they wanted to be for the most part, but then helping them maneuver through difficult situations and and trying to stay calm. And through that, I was actually able to have some like amazing experiences. So being able to sit down, I think one of my favorite nanny experiences was talking about the differences between saints and, um, and angels while at the Vatican with this you know, non-Catholic family, like they were, I'll say loosely, Christian, not practicing, you know, I think they, they, they're they the they're the CEOs, the Christmas and Easter people. Um, but it was so fun, like just trying to explain this to a child being like, oh, no, that's a saint. That's not an angel. And the parents jumped in. Um, so really got to, to represent in that way. Um, little who was Emmy? Um, I am a fierce family person. I love my family. And 
my family's better than everyone else's. Um, I'm sure you have a fabulous family, but mine's just better. <laughs> um, and I love living out that family, those family values and that love of family past just my immediate family, but to the grander scale of, of friends and having that home and that environment that anyone that walks in the door feels like family. So like that is just a little vague overview on who I am. Nice. So y'all, if y'all can't tell, um, Amy is a um, person of faith, as you've heard, um, unless uh, you weren't, have, weren't able to put two and two together. Amy is a person of faith. So Amy, um, what is, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, your faith journey? You kind of already touched a little bit about uh, when you talked about saints and angels and all that good stuff. But yeah, what, what's your, what, what was your faith journey? Yeah, so I started off um, as a cradle Catholic, just doing the right thing, doing, you know, checking the boxes, going to RE's like on Wednesday nights or whatever, um, at a very traditional Catholic um, church. And then we switched to St. Pat's when I was in middle school, middle school, yeah. And who we started going back on the Saturday night masses. And oh my goodness, I was so against it. First off, people were clapping. Like, oh, how dare they? Like, oh, how dare they? <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare they? Like, oh, I was so used to this solemnness and um, I was very, very on edge about it all. But then started to dive in to and plug into their, their edge program there. And my, in seventh grade, I went to a retreat there. And somehow it became like cool at this retreat to like be up front, like singing with the band, jumping up and down and like yelling how much you love God. Like that was apparently the cool thing to do. Um, and and I wanted to be cool, like who doesn't? And, and so like, I, that's when I was like, okay, like maybe this is something that I should do. Uh, very surface level, very, um, very, very much so for the wrong, like doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, for sure. Um, but it but it got me plugged in and it got me into the community and it may, helped me want to be there. And what's fun is like, I still know some of those people from that program in that time. Like one of my favorite, well, some of my best friends actually um, are from that time. Like we we decided, my friend Kyle and I, like we, we were gonna be the backup people to distract the entire church if our friends who were giving testimonies at mass in front of, you know, the hundreds of people, if they, if they messed up or something, my friend Kyle and I, we decided like, it's okay. We're going to save it with the Jesus drive. We'll just like stand up and do this crazy dance. Um, and it was great because it started that community. And then after I went to life team through St. Patrick's, we had this amazing, amazing man named Eric Porteous who just made it cool. He made it cool to be there. And he made it cool to talk about things in depth. So you wanted to talk about deep topics. You wanted to learn more. But then in my sophomore year, this man named Scott Bagshaw came. And oh man, once again, like, who I've learned that like Emmy is particularly like a middle school, high school Emmy was like so judgmental. Like here, this guy comes in and like, he is not cool. Like he has his goatee and he has like the high white dad socks <laughs> and like, just like could not, oof, couldn't do it. Um, but it ended up being one of the best transitions of my life because Scott became 
the new youth minister for the program. And he invited me to go to this conference called LTLC, so Life Team Leadership Conference. And that was the first time that I actually started to experience the depth of faith and what it means. And it was in that, at that conference that I got a glimpse for the first time ever that God loves us and how much Jesus loves us. And that is, it's such a cliche, um, but I was consumed by it and I was overwhelmed by it, especially being a high school girl that just desired to be loved. Like, I mean, we're taught as little girls, like, oh, when are you getting married? Like, who's gonna love you? Prince Charming, all of that stuff. And I was so just, just thirsting and needing that love um, and realizing that it was already there was so much, like I couldn't contain myself. And it started to become a thing that I started just to like yell out to people after that conference when I came home, like, especially the people that went on the conference with, with me, I'd just be like, hey, guess what? Jesus loves you. Like random fact, Jesus loves you. But the crazy thing is that like, I meant it and I was genuine about it. And it's great because now we have, now we have like, we shortened it to JLY and then which like now we have like the stickers for at same paths about like yeah, I've seen those, yeah. like right right like so like like low key low key I'm a big deal yeah. um, but but no that's when I really started to realize that faith is is personal faith is about a relationship and that's something that I can hold on to and I can use I was able to use throughout my travels as a nanny, um, tra like, again, traveling the world, going to different places and not having really a home for seven years of my life going on and off in different places. And I was able to make church my home because I was always able to have that touchstone and that constant relationship, which has been so incredible and influential. And just, I, I'm, I'm so proud of that. And now kind of morphing, I'm morphing into this new journey of, yeah, I know all the answers. Like, I know why we do things. I know, like, you know, the, the cursatory answer, but wanting to now dive further to like, this is why we do it and go into like the history, going into um, more depth with that. And like, if someone were asking me, why do I do this? I could give you an answer. Like I could give you the Catholic answer, why we do something, but now it's more so about what happens when it's a relationship with people outside of that understanding. How do you, how do you, how do you share a relationship with God? Someone, something that like you're so passionate about and so in love with, like, how do you, how do you describe true love to somebody in that, that, that hasn't done that before, that hasn't had that before. Um, so that's kind of, and, and having that not be a final answer, but a discussion. Um, so that's kind of where my faith journey has left me now. Ooh, not good answers. <laughs> nice. So like, were there any, I guess, role models or anything, anyone in particular that really influenced you in this, um, in your journey? Yeah, um, I touched on it before, Scott Bagshaw. Oh my gosh, just the invitation that he constantly had to go deeper and to to actually make this a part of everyday life and to make this and like, just like this idea of, you know, these gospels, um, 
and the, you know, these crazy stories that like, oh, that happened there and then, but like realizing, no, like that, that power is still with us now and it's just untapped. Um, so he's been really influential. Mark Hart, like, oh my God, I'm the biggest freaking Mark Hart fan. If you guys don't know who Mark Hart is, look him up. He's the Bible geek. Like, oh my gosh, I can fangirl hardcore on him. I'm like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. Um, finally, the last one is actually my grandma. So my mom's mom, I got to live with her for a couple summers as I worked um, in Wisconsin for a couple summers and her devotion, you know, like she, she, she's that old school Catholic woman where she has her, her Bible study in the morning. And then she has her list of people for prayer that she has at night. But what was so cool is that there would be times like where she would be, you know, more formal but other times she's like I see her laying in bed and she's like I'm tired and like and then it becomes this conversation of like God take care of people because I know you know who what needs to get taken care of and I'm just tired and so I'm just gonna God you got this and it was so informal and genuine and impalpable and knowing that that is part of my lineage and that's part of my heritage and that my faith is part of that heritage of that lineage um, has been so inspiring to me because I now have this greater respect of, I'm not just holding this faith and this belief, but carrying it from generation to generation because the generations before me have worked so hard to, to deliver it to the next. And so now I get to be a part of that as well. Nice. So, I mean, so far we've kind of, you've kind of touched on like your experience at St. Pat's as well as um, role models and things like that, particularly with regard to you know, our faith. Um, what is, have any of these folks experienced or um, influenced your, your prayer life? And I mean, just maybe just more generally, like what, what does your prayer life look like? What, what, I guess, what do you find nourishing within prayer? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I am a firm believer of like just impromptu conversational prayer. So it'll be something as like simple as I'm looking for something and I'm like, it, it, it's commonplace for me to be looking, like I lose things all the time, but then I'll just say like, oh my gosh, St. Anthony, help me find this. And then as soon as I find it, it's like, oh, thank you, God. Like, oh my gosh, I'm a God. Like, or I'm so stressed about something, Lord. Like, I cannot do this. Like, no, I know you're trying to do something, God. Like, that's not cool. I don't like this. Like just making this constant prayer like the, throughout the day. Or one of my favorite things I especially, um, I think did while I was kind of seeking this, um, this, this love and this desire and this romance in my life was seeking the romance through God. So like, you know, just noticing like when God flirts with me because, oh my gosh, he is a flirt. Like, oh my goodness, there's like, you know, like all that sunset that like God, like who needs like a romantic sunset with somebody else? Like God created it for me. Like that bumps any movie moment I've ever heard of. So that's like a pickup line. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. No, it's like, yeah, God's pickup line for me. It's like, here's a sunset. Here's a beautiful sunset, babe, just because, because you're worth it and you're, you're pretty lovable. Like, but, um, making that constant so that it, again, it's, it's not, a God far away, but a God here with us here and now and, and sharing not just the good, but the bad. And now like the older I get, the more I actually have been leaning into 
more formal forms of prayer. So sitting down and spending five, 10, whatever minutes a day in the morning to actually read scripture because there's so much depth and that's, it's, the Bible is a book that people like literally died to bring to us here today, which blows my mind. Like people, people have died and are currently dying for this book. Like it's, it's insane how like the, the power and the impact and it's been studied for thousands of years, you know, like, and yet we're still discovering new things. Um, so trying to go into that and lean into that um, is kind of where I'm at now, if that makes sense. Oh, last final prayer thing. Oh, praise and worship. Um, I am a classically trained singer. I don't know why. Like, like for, again, like singing for me is so natural that I don't even think of it as prayer. Um, but it's but it's something that I just naturally do and turn towards. Um, and it's a way to communicate with God. And what I love about praise and worship or singing was something actually that a theater teacher of mine told me in college was that when musicals, you know, people, people sing and dance because speaking alone does not, is not a big enough to contain the ideas that they have. Um, and our God is so big that how can words alone be enough? So having those moments of great joy or, or pain, um, you know, just letting those sing, sing those out um, is really powerful for me. So it's kind of what my overall prayer life looks like. Nice. Do you prefer um, singing praise and worship? I mean, or does, does it even matter for you? Like if you're singing by yourself, maybe alone, maybe you're practicing, or maybe um, if you're singing like at mass or like on a retreat, um, yeah. what's one of the different experiences? Oh, that's a really good question. Okay. So this is very vain, but I'm totally a diva. And um, it's, it's, there's different experiences. So I would rather sing by myself rather than a group of like four people if we're all singing the same part. Um, and that's because I become very competitive and my technique comes out and I start listening and adjusting myself and my tonality and wondering about, okay, where's my jaw? How is my, um, how are my vowels sounding? How am I comparing to the people around me? Oh, like they're trying, like, and just, it, it becomes this competitiveness that um, comes from years of, um, of theater. I have a, a bachelor's in theater. And so there, there's a lot of that competitive mindset. So I work a lot better, I've noticed, and I'm able to release into prayer when, when it's maybe me and a cup, like one or two other people, like where we do parts. So we're all doing our own thing and yet it comes harmonious into it. Or like that's one option. And that's, I love doing that because then I, I see the intricacy and beauty. Of, I, I see one side of God through that. I see like the intricacy and, and harmonies and melodies of like, how could that be created? And then um, I can also hear God and when I'm singing in a large group of people, like when you're just all together um, and, and you can't even hear your voice. I, I like not being able to hear your own voice because um, because you're so surrounded by other people that you see how small you are in the comparison of God's creation. Um, and then finally, I love singing one-on-one -on -one because again, there's that intimate relationship with God where yet, like even though like you are, 
amongst so many and it's infinite. Um, when you sing one-on-one -on -one and you're praising God in that way, it's, it's that beautiful, unique noticing of God sees you as an individual, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I could also see like the, the, um, the desire to, 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 to sing in front of a group of people. Um, I think just, just, um, maybe in a healthy way, it might be like, you know, that the feeling that it, that someone gets when they get to give someone else an experience, um, maybe even through prayer. But, um, I think, yeah. That, yeah, that, no, it's well. when you, I love, um, I love singing in front of large people. Um, like for example, like I, I'm a cantor at our church. So I go ahead and I sing Psalms pretty frequently. Um, but it's always trying to like sneakily get to the ambo and like sing this Psalm and then like, like zeroing in that eye contact and be like, Hey, like, like my job up there is to try to encourage other people to pray. Like that, that's what I think my job is. Um, and letting like myself be so overwhelmed with prayer. Um, and let, like, especially like a lot of the Psalms that we sing um, on Sundays, not all of them, but a lot of them are like, you know, like singing about God's praises and just all the wonderful things that he's done. Um, and, and letting that outpour to me in the hopes that maybe, maybe someone else can recognize that in their life. Um, and, you know, it's hard actually too with that because as much as I'm giving that to others um you know giving that that talent that's been given to me um it, it's hard because here I'll stand up there and you know there'll be someone very very close in my life and I see them with their mouths closed and it's heart-wrenching for me because I want to join I want to, to be joined with them in that community of prayer um, so trying to, to give myself, um, not, not to be the star, but in order to join others in prayer, if that makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if like, maybe it, it tell, I don't know what you think, if, if it would make sense to say that one, sh it would, one could enjoy both like that private pra praise and worship as well as like public so that they kind of maybe both nurture each other. Well, it's just like anything in life. Um, again, if prayer, prayer to me is your relationship with God. Like that's all it is. All, all prayer, all prayer is, is talking to God. Um, that's it. And so if, if that's what it is, like in any relationship in life, like there are times that I want to sit down with my best friend, just like have, have a cup of tea and like really dive into things. And then there's other times that like, I, I want to go to like, go to a karaoke place with her and just like bounce around and go crazy. Um, and both are necessary for our relationship for who we are and where we're at. But a lot of it depends on where we are at emotionally, physically, um, mentally, all of that. And I, I think it's foolish that sometimes we treat God differently um, because if Jesus is God and came down to be with us in such a human way, like he desires out of us. Like he desires to have that, that intimate relationship. That's not an intimacy in a relationship is not just, you know, the serious talks when we're, we're focused on something, but an intimate relationship has the whole gamut. It has a range of different experiences where you get to learn more about each other. And while God isn't changing our, 
our understanding of him is and we're changing. So I think prayer, whether, whether it's singing, whether, whether it's journaling, I mean, I know I definitely had a couple of years of my life where I just wrote everything down, like literal, literal love letters to God, like dear God, blah, 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 blah. Um, whether, whether it's, you know, just informal prayer, whether it's, you know, something more formal like um, scripture or, or rosaries or whatever you want to do. The, I think the whole point is just coming back to why are you doing this? And it's, and it's for that relationship and not just part of a relationship, not just that flimsy, like office relationship. You know what I'm talking about? Like where it's like, I know you. Hi, I'm Emmy. It's so nice to see you. Oh, like everyone at work knows that like I'm Emmy and I'm bubbly and I'm a nice person, but like, cool. Y'all don't see me when I do this. Uh, like I have that front. And yet that's not what a true relationship is, especially with God. Like he wants to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he does see it anyways. So um, it's, it's, it's us. It's really more about us learning who he is, which he does in such a unique way by humbling himself to be personal with us. Nice. So you, I mean, we've, you've got, we've, we've touched on and you've touched on like kind of where you were in your faith journey um, as a middle schooler, as a high schooler, and kind of up now, up to now, how some, so a lot of that is like kind of evolved and changed and shifted based on certain experiences. Where, where, where would you see, or where would you like to see yourself? I don't know, maybe growing into something in terms of um, your faith and relationship with God. Oof. Oh, so here's the thing. I am terrible with growth. I am so bad at it. I am a person that plans about two weeks out and then like, that's it. I, I can't see past <laughs> two weeks. Um, but, but I do have like generalities in my life. Very, very vague generalities because I have, I've learned through my own experiences that the more I try to plan and control things, the less, the less I'm actually able, able to appreciate the moment. Um, so I, I have broad strokes. Like, what do I want for my faith to be like in the future? Like I, I want it to be not just a given, um, because I think I've come to my, a point in my life where when people see me, it's like, it, it is apparent that my faith is important to me. It is apparent to everybody. I mean, even, um, when, I mean, when I was, when I'm a nanny, I always asked for Sundays off. That was, you know, a given that, that is the, like, I will do anything for you except work on Sundays. Um, and even in my work culture now, you know, it's really cool seeing coworkers come to me and say like, hey, I got baptized. Um, and like, regardless of, you know, what denomination or any of that, just like that they feel called to, to tell me that and to talk to that. And it's not anything specifically that I've said, but it's um, different perspectives in our conversation of, you know, oh, you're, you're dating this guy, like, oh, and you're sad because he treated you that way and, and uplifting them and, and, and just in the different content. So not, you know, 
whipping the Bible out at them and hitting them on the head and being like, you know, shame on you. Um, but just being real with a relationship. Um, yeah. Relationships are important to me. Can you tell? Um, Not at all. <laughs> um, how many times does Emmy say relationship in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> we need more Bible slapping. Less for them. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. No, but um, yeah. So where I want to be though is I want to be able. I, I hope within the next five years to be able to sit in front of someone that has a different view within me and to be able to discuss with them um, and, and to give to give context, to give hard context and evidence and not just one piece, but multiple pieces to really form that full picture of what faith and um, again, that relationship um, with God really is. Nice. So Emmy, since this is the first episode of The Spirit is Lit, um, I got to ask you, what when, when we say uh, the Spirit is Lit, what does the Spirit mean to you? Okay, um, the Spirit. So uh, uh, first one that comes to mind is the Holy Spirit. So that is, I, I, don't, I love this name because for me, the Spirit is Lit is talking about not only just like the Holy Spirit, again, like, you know, it's amazing to me to think that the the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was able to help the apostles do like ridiculous things, like insane things that like, like part of you doesn't believe it happened, but like, you know, it happened. Like, you're like, like, oh yeah, this person was blind and now they see, and like, we can just like heal all these people and we can do all these crazy acts. I'm going to speak in a different language that I don't know what it is. Um, and at, we're all going to speak different languages. Like that still exists today. Like that blows my mind. Um, and so like the spirit for me is the Holy spirit in that, but it's also the spirit within us. It's the faith within us. Um, and it's about igniting that in ourselves and igniting um, that passion and that that drive for faith in ourselves. Nice. So I love that answer. So speaking of lit and igniting, uh, L- or, Emmy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Replace the L with the M. Um, Emmy Stevens, we have a rapid fire question round. So I'm going to ask you questions. Um, just answer them as quick as you can. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Favorite Saint. Anthony. Saint Anthony. Oh, it's Saint Anthony. <laughs> Dutch Bros or Starbucks? Both. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all the caffeine. Okay. Fine. Starbucks. Starbucks. Okay. Okay. Um, favorite method of prayer right now. Right now. Favorite method of prayer is, is yelling at God in my car. Um, like that's very specific, but that's my favorite method of prayer right now. Nice. That sounds fun. Um, <laughs> who is more lit, Jacob or Thomas? <laughs> okay, Jacob, you're more cool, but Thomas is more lit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Thanks. I like being cool. That's like the opposite of lit because like cool is cold and lit is hot. Okay. Uh, Fire. Yeah. Okay. All right. If, if you were Pope for a day, what would you do? I would pray with people like I would actually get to know 
people like just I, I want like oh my gosh I want to go down that line of people with their hands out and like just being able to like pray with them like real quick because like and like that desire like there's people that are like passionate about their faith and like you're like yes like I want to pray with you I'm gonna pray with you right now like oh I want that like like in the portmobile or just like yeah, walking? Um, no 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 like I want to walk the lines like I want the like I want to be with you like put my hands on you and pray over you and like let that love outpour that people are people so desire like you expect the pope to be like to like be able to like give you these intense blessings but like we're able to do it too um so i think it'd be really cool to like be able to like have people that desire that and know that you can do that just like lined up and like you're like all right let's 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 get to praying let's get to doing this let's Cool, okay, sorry. Rapid, 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 rapid. Oh yeah, rapid. Okay. Um, you, this is the last question. This is the most philosophical, the most theological out of all the questions. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop? Ah, three. Uh, a one, a two, a three, three. Crunch. <laughs> nice. Okay, that's now nice. that's solved. Um, I wonder if like the spirit could light it on fire because the spirit's lit and it'll just be. No, yeah, that's a that's a good question. All right, Emmy, um, it was good to get to know you. We're excited for um, what this podcast has in store. Um, next episode, y'all didn't get to meet Thomas because he, um, he was heating it up. He's The spirit is lit with Thomas. We'll meet Thomas on the next episode. Um, thank you all, and we will uh, see you later or hear you later. All right, peace. <laughs>